The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. The Jazz victorious tonight. They beat the Portland Trailblazers one seventeen to one fourteen here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's check out your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner tonight. The Jazz shot forty nine and a half percent from the field. They were ten of thirty from three. Thirty three point three percent led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had twenty seven points on a red hot ten of sixteen shoots. Shooting. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 16 tonight. Mike Conley with 18. Joe Ingles with 14 to go along with six rebounds and three assists. Donovan Mitchell with 16 tonight to get six rebounds and seven assists as as well. Jordan Clarkson had 13 points coming in off the bench. And I know Donovan didn't have 30 tonight, DJ, but this was a better game for him. Six of 16 shooting. You'll take that uh, as opposed to what was he against Denver? Eight of 24. And but he added the other things. He added the six rebounds and the seven assists. It was a better all-around game for him. Even some of the rebounds he didn't get and he didn't get credit for, I thought we saw him spend a lot of energy getting up in traffic, you know, competing with... That's what the point I was making about for a player like C.J. McCollum or, mm-hmm. or Donovan Mitchell. You know, you're a smaller guy. It takes more energy to compete, and you see him, four or five guys fighting for a key rebound, and he's up there 10 feet in the air. Well, he had to jump more than Rudy Gobert to get there. You know, spent a lot of energy there. Uh, They still need him to shoot the ball better. 16 points is low for Donovan. I don't know that we're going to see big games between now and the All-Star break. I think some, some time off would do him good. All right, let's go down to the podium. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is talking to the media. Coach, on the heels of a five-game losing streak and the way the first half went, what do you say to your team at the locker room at halftime that doesn't sound like a broken record that, that can motivate them? I think, you know, there's times when you have to change what you're doing and there's other times where you have to dig in and and compete and do it better and it, you know more than any breakdown you know there were some plays in the first half that were you know just grit type plays that um, we didn't make and I thought um, you just get to a point where you know nothing else matters except competing and winning the game and that usually manifests itself on the defensive end and you know I guys put whatever else they were thinking about, whether it be you know, individual concerns or considerations or um, not making a shot or wh- whatever the things are that you know are, are going through your mind that takes your focus away from the defensive end. And I think that's what we came out in the third quarter and did. Tony? Was there anything schematically that you guys did defensively? We just executed. Like we... Was it more of a question of just kind of staying in front? And, you it's know, a question of being, you know, guards getting locked into their man and not getting screened, bigs being, you know, up at the point of the screen. So, you know, if, I mean, Damon Lord's, you know, he's a, he's a special, special player. And that has to be your priority. And, you know, no matter what is going on, 
you know, he demands that. And you know, that wasn't where we were, where our focus was, you know, just collect, everybody's got a job to do. And he's so good that if one person doesn't do their job, he makes you pay. And he may, he may make you pay anyway, even if you do your job and you do it well. Um, but, you know, we can, we make plenty of adjustments during the course of the year. You make them and, you know, you don't know what to adjust to if you're not, you know, doing what you're trying to do with, you know, the right amount of urgency and resolve. So our guys came out, give, you know, our guys, guys came out and, you know, dug in and did what they needed to do on the defensive end. Obviously, Dame and the rest of Portland were pretty upset after that last play of Dame's last shot attempt and Rudy's defense on it. What did you see there? Well, we, you know, those are those are those, those are difficult plays, you know, and, and we've been in, you know, everybody's been on both sides of that situation, and you know, I got, it, it, I don't really, it's not something that it's my place to comment on, to be honest with you, Brian. Once you guys came back, it became more a matter of who was going to grind it that out at the end. And what did you make of, of the late game execution from you guys to those last couple minutes? Well, you know, we, we, we started attacking their, they, you know, they were trapping, pick and roll, then they were switching. Um, and, you know, we were able to get some, get behind the defense a little bit and make, make a few plays. You know, we hit Rudy in the middle of the lane one time when he kicked it to Royce and, Joe obviously, you know, was really good making plays out of pick and roll. Um, you know, we, the, our biggest issue is when we face situations where um, either we're playing out of a trap and the ball's moving, or we're getting the people are switching, the ball just can't stop. And if we stop and get into an isolation game, you know, that's going to be successful some of the time. Um, but we need to keep moving the ball. And that doesn't mean you don't attack in an isolation, but um, if you can do that just to get a little bit of an advantage, even if you can't score, um, you get a chance to make the defense work in, in a, a less comfortable position. And I, I thought we were able to, we had more urgency in those situations. And, you know, Joe and pick and roll, and then Boyan hit some, hit some big shots. So, Last question, Sarah. Uh, what went into the decision to put Juwan in during that small stretch? And then did you see what you wanted to see? What did you see out of that? Um, you know, we had our substitutions for our team and for every team are always, um, you know, you, you could look back and evaluate everything. Juwan's been really good um, being up and aggressive and active in pick and roll. And um, with what we were trying to do to, to make it difficult for for Dame to, to get to the line, you know, the, the idea was that Juwan could be up at that point because he's he's got real good instincts defensively. Um, you know, when Dame came out to, at the end of the fourth, that was their substitution pattern. We went back with Tony. Tony's been doing great. There was nothing about the way. In fact, Tony came in, and that that really that situation is is indicative of what the way our team's got to function. You know, it's. Um, you know, Tony doesn't go in at his kind of you know, normal time, but there is no normal, you know, and um, Tony did a great job when he came back in at the beginning of the fourth and, you know, got in the glass and made a couple plays. So um, we had a lot of guys that, that had that type of night. Joe got in foul turbo early. You know, Mike was playing great. He, you know, he didn't finish at the end of the game. You know, we're going to have those situations 
Um, I, and I hope we do because it means guys caring or competing and you know the, the, everybody that's come in or come out has been supportive of each other and I, I think that's you know not just with who's playing but, but how we're playing you know guys have to be supportive of one another and and be on the same page and and that's how you collectively you know play good defense and move the ball and are efficient and that's that's where we need to be that was jazz head coach quinn snyder after his team came away uh with the win found that interesting uh dj the the defense as you pointed out excuse me much much better in the second half as the jazz only uh surrendered what would that be 42 points uh in the second and asked if he made adjustments quinn snyder said no no they just did what they were supposed to do and i do think they got an aid from team running out of gas and missed some jumpers that they would have made in the first half when they had their legs i thought they did a i thought uh, jordan clarkson helped him they were uh, he played 20 minutes there plus 17 while he was on the floor but i think the tempo he pays at while occasionally frustrating because you want to see you know the offense and the motion he just gets and goes to the hoop but i think he makes a move and i think he puts pressure on him you know to move their feet change ends of the floor and that wears guys down over the course of time all right, DJ, let's take a look at the points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA. Visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Interesting tonight, the Jazz outscored the Blazers 66-40 to in the paint. Not so surprised that they outscored the Blazers. But against Denver, DJ, the Jazz only had 38 points in the paint. So almost, what, what is that, 28 points more well, you know, against the Portland team? And You, uh, you know you got a smaller team, right? Yeah, much, much smaller. Whiteside's out. And so you got to go inside, and I thought that Conley did a good job of attacking the hoop. Uh, Joe Ingles purposely attacked the hoop a couple times. Actually, Bogdanovich, you know, he can get it going from three, but I thought tonight he put the floor ball on the floor and got to the hoop for a, a key bucket late in the game. But it's like we see teams with, the, you know, the Jazz. When Gobert goes to the bench, suddenly it's just it's a layup line. Everybody's trying to get to the rim. I thought the Jazz stayed pretty focused on that. And obviously Gobert's going to get his points inside. He had... 16 to go with his 14 points. Also, uh, good job on the backboards. The Jazz are the bigger team, and they won the backboards 56 to 43, plus mm. 13. 13 offensive rebounds for the Jazz, and only 10 for the Blazers. Wow, that's a big gap. Um, we'll get to Terry Stotts. Uh, well, in fact, we can get to it here. Uh, Terry Stotts, the head coach of the Blazers, had some aggressive uh, comments about the refereeing and the missed call on the goaltend. Damian Lillard did as well. We'll read you Dame's comments here in a second, but here's what Terry Stotts had to say. Short-handed, and um, there's an outstanding effort by everybody who played. And it's um, just, uh, just a shame that it was decided on an excusable missed call. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. They could have called goaltending and reviewed it, um, but they, they, they uh, swallowed their whistles on the play. That's pretty obvious. So uh, it's disappointing that such a great effort was uh, decided by that. Inexcusable, according to Terry Stotts. Damian Lillard had this quote, they, meaning the referees, cost us the bleeping game. I assume they'll both be fined, yep. but the video is out there, and it was a missed call. It was pretty clear. And the Jazz would have had nine seconds left, and and who knows how it would have ended, but that certainly was a bad one. Well, I know the two people I worked with tonight were predicting overtime, and momentarily there, I thought there was a pretty good chance they were going to be right. It looked that way, did it not? (laughs) You and Adrian were in here, it's going to overtime. Well, of course, it's Friday night. It's a late tip. It's a national televised <laughs> and the Jazz game. Jazz by seven, and the Blazers are fading. Right. And right about the time I'm telling you, you two are fools, all of a sudden, 
bang, Lord, it's a three. Like, uh-oh, we're on evens. <laughs> it's, it's looking like <laughs> it's overtime. Like, how do you guys know? How do you know this stuff? Adrian and I are here a lot. Clearly. We, we watch a lot of jazz basketball right here. Well, in the you were ultimately wrong. Kingly, you know? Yep. <laughs> we were ultimately wrong, and that's probably a good thing because the jazz come away with a win. And, of course, when the jazz win, you win. Haven't done this read in a couple of weeks here, DJ. Uh, the day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app and you'll receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code Utah Jazz, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. Coming up next, we'll get you sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Go Where Love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller's Subaru. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Blazers 117 to 114. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The five-game losing streak is over. The Jazz beat the Blazers tonight. 117 to 114. Jake Scott, David James with you. We'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up here shortly. Let's take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you. In fact, we'll get back to that coming up here shortly. Let's go down to the locker room and get to Mike Conley. Uh, did that come into play tonight and particularly down the stretch? Yeah, um, you know, when we're going through it like we were, it's just it's one of those things you got to kind of scrap for every little bit. It's not going to be easy. And tonight we made the plays that I think that, you know, we've been waiting to make. I mean, Donovan on the boards, uh, guys getting loose balls, and, you know, just, just really being a physical team down in the second half and um, able to make the plays to win. It was a very uncharacteristic first half for you guys. What was said and what was the message to start the third? Uh, just, you know, stop worrying about so much. Go out there, have fun, uh, play the game. We love love to play. Uh, we love playing with our with the teammates that we have. And um, it really just, just have joy. You know, we were just thinking too much. We were trying to do the right things almost too much. So uh, we went out there, played free, played hard, and uh, we were able to get back in the game. As a team, you guys finished with 66 points in the paint. Was there a conscious effort to attack the rim as, as the game progressed? Well, yeah, I think uh, just being able to get in the paint allowed us to, to get a little bit more ball movement. Um, you know, tried to get to the free throw line, tried to get, to, you know, easy easy twos uh, to open up a three ball. So um, I think we really just tried to, you know, just be aggressive and not settle too much. It was kind of a chippy game throughout. Is that kind of a good thing when you come in, like, kind of lost five straight and give up 72 yeah, you know, I think it, it showed everybody. Everybody was, you know, frustrated at a lot of things, both sides. And uh, their team has been playing well, and they're trying to fight, uh, you know, to get in the playoffs. And and we're fighting to get back to playing how we we need to be playing. So, um, you know, we just knew it was going to be a chippy game, and uh, it's going to be physical. Um, the refs let us play a lot, so uh, it was just one of those nights. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's all I got. Would you be upset if it was the other way? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> what? 
a questionable call or possible blown call, did that put a blemish on the end um, Not at all. I think, you know, we still had to come back from 16 points and um, beat a team that's been playing really, really well and a, and a guy like Damian Lillard and the way he's been playing. Uh, which is not easy. So we put ourselves in a position to win. Um, even if he does make it, who knows, we still come down and, and, and execute and make a bucket and win the game. But um, it's, it's definitely not the way you want it to end because we worked real hard to get there. So uh, but at the end of the day, we will take it. Donovan's been very hard on himself throughout a lot of this. How pleased were you to see him late the shot clock like that, being able to make a clutch bucket and put you guys back up? Uh, just so happy for him. I told him after the game how happy I was for him just to, just to finish the game out like he did. I like that. But, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's a guy who's just going to keep on going and, and, you know, try not to we try not to let him be too hard on himself because he's his biggest critic at the end of the day. And uh, we need him to be, you know, the team we want to be. And uh, tonight he, he took us home. Guys, that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Mike Conley tonight, 18 points and four assists. We were doing the assist feature, DJ. 21 assists for the Jazz tonight. <clears throat> on 45 made field goals, Donovan Mitchell led the way uh, with seven assists. Of course, the uh, missed call on the goaltend is going to be a topic of conversation. We have a quote from C.J. McCollum, DJ. You ready for this? I'm ready. He said, quote, it cost us a game. We're competing for a playoff spot. The explanation I got pissed me off. Makes me think you're not capable of doing the job the way you're supposed to, which means you should be reprimanded and you should be fined accordingly, unquote. Fines all around. I don't think the referees are going to get fined. No, for the people commenting post game. <laughs> oh, okay, I see. So we've got a, well, so a fine a, for Stotts. Coach and two star yeah. guards. Two players, yeah. Yep. But the thing is, you know, they make enough money. They don't care. They do care about the winning and losing. That was clear from the way they competed on a night when they had every excuse not to and could have melted away when they fell down by seven in the right. fourth quarter. Right. And they fought back. So... As a fan, that's why you're paying your money to go to the game or you're investing your time to watch at home or listen on the radio. So I love it. They've got the money to pay for that. And Stotts has got to stand up for his guys. Right. And, you know, so I, I get why it's all happening. Everybody's, everybody's playing their role. But I, I feel like if the shoe <clears throat> was on the other foot, DJ, we'd be here on the postgame saying, yeah, they got uh, the Jazz got screwed. But they also had a 16-point lead in the third yeah. quarter, which the Trailblazers right. did, and, and the and Jazz to, came back. And to the point there to really nitpick and, and go after the C.J. McCollum quote, you know, it cost us a game. Well, you don't know you would have won. It would have tied it up. To Conley's point, the Jazz would have had a possession. Right. Now, maybe the Jazz would have turned it over and lost in regulation. We really don't know. They could have won it. It could have gone to overtime, and then you and— you and Adrian could have taunted me because you called it 20 minutes earlier. I mean, there's a lot of possible outcomes. We could be in double overtime or triple overtime, still going right they now. Could and still the be Blazers going. could be down to three guys. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened. But once the goaltend wasn't called, then they were beaten. Right. You know, at least it would have kept them alive and extended the game. Uh, the thing I want to point out on the assist stat, I think if you're looking for something there, you have 21 assists and it comes from eight different guys. Mm. And I think that. When you have a team and you want to have a chance to be good, when you have five people in the NBA, guys are not open by much, and they're not open for long. And so whoever has the ball at the instant someone comes open has to be able to deliver it on time, on target. It's good to see eight different guys with assists. Uh, Mike Conley's best assist of the night, I thought, came after his only offensive rebound. 
He rebounded a missed shot inbounds and quickly whipped it out to Joe Ingles on the perimeter. He was in traffic in the paint when he got that offensive rebound. That's not a that's not a guy running down a missed three pointer, you know, twenty feet from the hoop. Right. He's in traffic and he grabs that ball and finds Joe for a big three. Actually, that was a play that gave the Jazz their first their first lead in forever there. Right. Late in the uh, third quarter, I think it was 86, 85, 87, 86, something, something like that. that. Yeah. So, what uh, speaking of Mike Conley, we just heard from him. What do you think about him not finishing the game? He was not part of the closing lineup for the Jazz tonight, even though he played really well. Mike Mike had a really nice game tonight. The finishing group has been doing a good job, so largely Denver. Uh, notwithstanding. Right. And he was on the floor at the end of Denver and they didn't get it done. So I'm not totally surprised. It's there. You do have to, and they were talking about this on the national TV broadcast on ESPN tonight. Uh, there's the analytical element that says, well, the group that was starting was plus 18 per 100 possessions, which is off the charts good. Right. But there's a human element. Conley's your best paid player. He's a 12 year vet. And you don't take him out of the starting line because he got hurt. So he goes back in. But I think you have to be even more careful with the closing five. There are so many NBA games decided in those final one, two, three, four minutes that you got to make sure you have the best five out there. And people's feelings, I don't want to hurt right. your feelings, right. but I don't want to lose the game either. So I'm going to prioritize the game. So he's got to be good so that he forces the coach's hand to put him in there. You know, they don't decide, you decide. And if he hits the game winner at the end of the game against Denver, maybe he is in the closing right. five now. But they went with this five, and I thought key possession down the stretch when they're in trouble and they miss a shot, and Royce O'Neal runs in and gets the offensive rebound, cut through the paint, throws it out, ball gets moved around because those guys are they run the offense well. They're pretty fluid. And it comes back to Royce for a wide-open three, and he sticks it. Well, in fact, let's let's take a look at the Safe Light Auto Glass, Master of the Glass, uh, Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Rudy Gobert, as usual, is your Master of the Glass with fourteen boards, five of which were offensive. But do want to give a nod to Roy. So, Neil, you mentioned that big uh, play there down mm-hmm. the stretch. DJ, Royce had 10 boards tonight. That's double his season average. That's huge. Yep. And they need him for that. That 100%. may actually be his more, most important role on the team right now. And I think that rebounding has been uh, preached. And they heard six rebounds for Ingles and Mitchell. Uh, five rebounds for Bradley in just 11 minutes. That's almost one every other minute. That is excellent work from Tony Bradley. And Bogdanovich also added four boards in there. So I think a couple things. One, they've been preaching rebounding because they've been stung by it in previous games. And then two, one of the things that happens when you're going back to back and you're down to nine games and then you're down to eight and then you're down to seven, uh, there are a lot of 50-50 balls and hustle plays to be had when people are taking threes and there's long rebounds to be tracked down. Right. So the Jazz were plus 13 on the boards, and that's a big factor in this game. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, learn more at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz come away with the win tonight, 117-114 to over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll have more sound from the locker room for you coming up straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Podcast, game night post-game show, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Back down to the locker room we go. Rudy Gobert is with Tony Parks. I'm sure you know that we're going to ask what you thought about that last play that you had on day. What do I think about it? I mean, I just, try to, I just try to make a play on the board, and, you know, obviously after watching the replay, you could see that it's a goaltending, but just trying to make a play, you know, in the... Uh, the goaltending is up all the time. You know, it's part of the game. Just one play. When a game ends like that with a missed call, does it feel like a win for you? That's what people are going to talk about. You know, they're not going to talk about us coming back from 12 or 14 at halftime and, you know, doing a playing well as a team and, and fight to come back in the game. You know, it's obviously it's a, it's a big play because it's the last play and that's what everyone's going to remember. But I think, uh, you know, I think we did a great job playing in the second half. And mistakes are made, you know, uh, officials are humans. And I feel like, you know, it's uh, part of the game. What did change at halftime for you? What changed? Uh, I mean, we started to play defense. You know, our mindset, I think our toughness, uh, everything, communication. I think everything changed in the second half. We are a different team. Was it schematically or was it just I think our mindset, we are more together uh, offensively and defensively. And, you know, when we do that, it just lifts everyone up. You know, we just play uh, more as a team. And it's, I feel like when, you know, in the tough moments, we stick together and we're able to come back in the game. You guys had 66 points in the paint as a team. Was there a more conscious effort to attack the rim as the game progressed? Definitely. You know, they, they didn't have a lot of bigs inside. and. We knew that we had to put a lot of pressure on the rim to get layups and open up the trees. And I feel like in the first half we didn't do it as well, but second half we really, uh, you know, try to put the emphasis on it, and we did a great job doing it. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Rudy Gobert uh, tonight, DJ, as he came away with that what was credited as uh, his only block shot of the night, which was probably a goal 10, but 16 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, and, of course, that block as the Jazz beat the Blazers 117 uh, to 114. And I like the point Rudy made there. We talked about it a little earlier in the show. I mean, that, that call is going to get a lot of attention, but the fact is the Jazz were down 16 points in the second half. They were down that in the third quarter. So, you know, there was a lot of game. There was a lot of water that went under the bridge before that call. Yes, and I think that the thing to remember is that there has been a lot of frustration and I think just some kind of internal self-questioning with some of the players. And I think they need a dose of confidence. They needed a break. They needed something to go their way. Now they got it. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can build off that. And what happens when they go to Houston on Sunday and Dallas on Monday? And can they get a few wins here? Because the top teams in the West don't lose very often. And you know, they've dropped here, but then you know, Houston went into Phoenix and got drilled tonight. So the Jazz right. climb out of fifth, back into fourth. They are two games behind the Nuggets in the loss column and three games behind the Clippers. So even back to Locke's point during the game. You want it to be pretty. You want them to do the right things. But priority number one is just get a win. And if it doesn't look like uh, Monet, if it doesn't look like the Mona Lisa, if it looks like your kid finger painting, take it, frame it, yep, move on.
Well, after losing five in a row and the way they've lost some of those games, yeah, you you, you take a W any way you can get it, yep. and you you get some confidence from it, and you move on to two, actually three tough games before the All Star break with Houston, who we know what the Rockets are capable of, Dallas on the second night of a back to back, and then closing things out with a, a Miami team that just added a few players. So I mean, that's you know not not that I thought the Jazz were going to lose nine in a row going into the All Star break, but all these games are hard. Yeah. There's no gimmies in there. And, you know, the funny thing is everyone's fired up about Miami, but it might take a while to define everybody's role and get them in rhythm. Maybe this is a good time to play them. Who knows? That's three games away, and I don't know about you, but personally, as a media member, I take them one game at a time. You do. You're, you're very good Except for good the part where I say Houston and Dallas on this road trip. <laughs> I guess I took them two at a time there. Yeah, that happened. But, you know, we'll forgive you. It's Thank right, you. DJ. You know, you try to keep your eye on the ball. It's okay. All right, let's uh, get some more sound from the locker room. Let's throw things back down where Tony Parks is standing by with Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan, halftime, what was the feeling here in this locker room, and what was it about the defense that was so different in the second half? I think the, f- the first time in the last six, seven games, we didn't put our head down in a, in a, in a halftime. We kind of talked to each other, tried to, tried to adjust. I think the, the first half... We had a good game plan, and, and we executed our game plan in the second half. First half, we were we were not a, not aggressive aggressive enough, and uh, especially on defensively, we let them to get in a game with a, with easy buckets, easy shot, and then when someone is hard, it's tough to tough to stop stop them. But like I said, nothing nothing serious happened in a, in a half time. We just didn't put our head down. Uh, you outscored Portland 66-40 in the paint. Was was there an effort? more of an emphasis on attacking the baskets than the rest. Yeah, that was the they didn't have any let's say great rim protector over there and they were trying trying to to blitz Donovan half of the game so we we trying to try to attack the basket find a find a Rudy for the for easy layups and dunks and then second half like you mentioned 40 point great defense and we were we were allowed to to run more see on the uh, last play there where Lillard uh, got a shot blocked by Rudy? Honestly, you can you can tell when you are over there in the game, you're trying to focus on on your man, get inside to, to box out some somebody. So I saw after the game that it was kind of goaltending, but when you are on the court, it's kind of tough tough to see that. Guys, that's Boyan Bogdanovich. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Bogdanovich led the way for the Jazz tonight, DJ. 27 points, 10 of 16 shooting. It was 2 of 6 from 3. He did have 4 rebounds, an assist, and a couple of steals as well. And I mean, he's just automatic buckets for the Jazz. Let's uh, back down to the locker room we go. Uh, Tony, standing by with Donovan Mitchell. Going to get your reaction to the Rudy's play on Dame. Great block. Um, no, I, I give credit to where credit's due, man. Like, you know, Royce came over and filled, filled the gap. You know, he, he helped side and, you know, really tried to make a play. You know, at the end of the day, we've been on the other side of those calls. You know, I could tell you Memphis, Milwaukee. Um, there have been times where we, we've, we've been on the other side, so I can see where that frustration came from. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a layup. We were up three, right? We're up three. No, I would have tied it. Oh, so then that changes my whole response. To be honest with you, um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I mean, like you know, like I said, we've been on the wrong side of that a few times. So I can understand where his frustration came from, and he played a hell of a game. And you know, we continue to fight. Um, that's really it. Do you wish, even if that play wasn't whistled, it'd be reviewable? I mean, 
right now no but like, <laughs> like I but like as a whole I think that would I would I think for sure I think that's something that like I said we've been on the other side you know I remember Memphis I got fouled you know and they didn't there's no calls no whistle so you can't review it you know so I think that's that's the reason why you couldn't review that one right because there's no whistle I think that's that's something the NBA should look at for sure and I think um they'll continue to do that but you know um he has every right to, to, you know, to be upset. But like, at the end of the day, I can't discredit what we did as a team. You know, we we went out there and competed and fought. You know, he had 42, and you know, CJ had his 21, and Gary Trent played well. You know, everybody was doing their thing, but we locked in. You know, Boyan stepped up on offense. Royce, guard, Royce and Joe took turns on defense. Rudy, you know, doing what he does on both ends of the floor, keeping balls alive. Mike coming in and holding the fort down. Um, I think we all did what we were supposed to do. You know, I'm not going to just sit here and dwell on that one play, but we did a lot of good things tonight, especially in the second half. What, what was the difference there uh, at halftime? Obviously, by the by halftime, it almost seemed like, well, here it goes again. But yeah, what was the difference? You know, the resiliency. You know, I think it's it's easy to kind of be like, all right, here it goes again. But that's not what we thought. You know, you could tell the crowd and everybody felt that way. But, you know, it's it's just it, it's it's all internally. We got to go out there and do it. You know, and we did it. You know, this is not going to be perfect. You know, I think, you know, the typical – you know, whatever I would have wanted was us to come out and just punch him in the throat or punch him in the face and then, you know, go up by 20, you know, especially with uh, Trevor getting, Hassan not playing and Trevor uh, getting ejected. But that's not always how it is, you know. They got they got great players over there. They got a, a guy who I think should be in the MVP consideration. So they made it tough on us, but we went out there and fought and we were resilient, and that's what got us to win. What do you have to say about uh, Juwan getting some run tonight? Yeah, big time. You know, he stays, he stays ready. You know, I've known Juwan since – and my senior year in high school so we, we kind of came up together and you know for him to be out there and understand what coverage is to be in on a player like them how to do it you know little fouls you know like that's that's to be expected but he's he did his thing you know fighting on the glass and continuing to board and continue to make it tough you know and you know he's a really solid player really good really good kid you know um I said kid we're the same age but um <laughs> but like I think you know it shows you know it shows the trust that we have in him and that he has in his work and he's continuing to work nonstop. Did you guys change defensively on Dame in the second half? Honestly, we didn't change nothing. We just went out there and, and did what we were supposed to do. You know, we were kind of we were a few times where we didn't get locked uh, or weren't aggressive on the ball, I should say. And then Dame gets off for a three. You know, there were times when the big wasn't up and he gets off for a three. So now we just corrected our mistakes. He's going to hit tough shots. You know, he he's a hell of a player, man. Like I said, but you know, if we just make it tough, you know, it gets on the third quarter. Him and CJ kind of got a little tired. And that's what allowed us to go in that little bit of a run and push forward and, and, and push through. Walk me through that play. Get the ball with five on the shot clock and game tied and, and a play needed to be made and, and you were able to make it. Um, honestly, just trying to attack the rim. You know, um, really didn't have it going much all game. You know, so just trying to find ways to, to make to take the highest percent shot. You know, attacking the big a guy who knows, you know, slower so I could beat him down downhill. And you know, um, I think uh, Rudy set a good screen so it's allowing me to go downhill and, and make the play. Did you guys realize you could attack the paint more in the second half? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, we, we got good looks, you know, but there are times, you know, where we just want to make more of an emphasis on it. You know, it's, they, they, like, they, they did a solid job defensively too, you know, but we are, were able to find ways to get downhill and it started with really Bullion, uh coming off those pin downs, getting down there and putting pressure on and then Rudy being able to catch dunks, Mike playing really aggressive, you know, especially that one spin move we had on Hazonia, you know, continuing to get downhill. Royce had to have a play on a spin as well, like just being able to be aggressive, you know, they were the more aggressive team in the first, you know, uh, I think Gary Trent got two loose balls, you know, like little things like that, that separates it, you know, and we were able to attack and, and be the aggressor. What's the history between you and Juwan? Um, so he went to Indiana, went to Louisville. Um, we played in this thing called the Kentucky Derby, which is like the all-star game for 
like anybody going to Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana, but then also invite guys out throughout the country. Um, so yeah, it was we we went we um, we played in the game we we um, stayed in the same hotel like we, we we did a lot of different things you know and there's a lot of Louisville and Indiana fans so we kind of enjoyed it it was a great experience and that's when I first met him and then I gave him my career high in college so if next time you're interviewing please I'll ask him about that <laughs> um, but um, yeah so hey, it was hit me him uh, Thomas Bryant who's on Washington um, who else. Ray Spaulding, Ryan McMahon, Dang Adele is my, my class, and a few others that I'm forgetting the name. Um, but those those were, it was, it was fun. But uh, please make sure to ask him about the Indiana Louisville game. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a chippy game all night. You and Gary get the double text as you're heading off the court at halftime. What was kind of the environment out there? Was it was it a good Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we just show toughness. You know, I don't I don't see why guys like Gary Trent should come in and thinking they could just punk us. You know, not, not going to lie to you. Um, that, that's, that shouldn't happen. You know, like, um, at the end of the day, you know, we are who we are. You know, we're, we're not a team that you're going to come in and just talk trash to. Like, that's just not going to happen. You know, and, you know, he played well. He had 16 points, whatever, did his thing. But, you know, we're not going to just back down. We're not going to let you sit here as a rookie or second-year player just go ahead and talk. Like, that's not that's not how it's going to work. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't perfect. You know, we didn't go out there and just go right at him. But, you know, we went out there and handled business. You know, Joe, even Royce would get down there with Melo. Like, you know, we're not just going to back down. You know, and that's what we – I think that's what we kind of lacked, you know, in the past few games, just, just toughness. You know, just going for the boards, you know, diving on the floor. Like I said, you know, we needed to step it up, and, you know, that's just all part of it. Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. We appreciate it. And uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight, uh, not a great scoring night, DJ, but he had a decent all-around night, 16 points, six rebounds, and seven assists. Real quick, uh, the pool reporter was able to go and uh, get a comment from the referees about the goal 10 tonight, DJ. And I don't Let know. me guess. I haven't seen it yet. <clears throat> okay. Uh-oh. We just saw the replay. <laughs> no? Uh, here. Well, the question was, was Lillard's shot reviewable for a goaltend? And if so, why was it not reviewed? Uh, the uh, Let's see here. It was Josh Tiven, who was the crew chief, who gave the, uh, the comment. He said, quote, no, it was not reviewable since no goaltending call was made on the floor. Goaltending is only reviewable if we actually call it. The call needs to be made for a goaltending to be reviewable. We've since looked at it via post-game video review and, unfortu- and unfortunately saw that we missed the play and a goaltend- goaltending violation should have been called, unquote. Pretty darn close there, DJ. I got part of it. Couldn't review it, but uh, we missed it. Good night, everyone. Good night. Nobody wants to hear it when it was this blatant a miss. Yeah. Uh, But if you've ever refereed basketball at any level, it's hard. And you would miss calls, too. And I get it. NBA guys are trained, and they're well compensated, and they're supposed to be the best of the best, and they're supposed to get this right. And the NBA needs to get it right because fans are investing a lot of time and money, not to mention players and coaches and all that. But And, and the fans want and expect it to be right. But there's a part of me having refereed just a little bit and found out how brutally hard it is. This is just accepted. There are always going to be missed calls. I told- it's an impossible, thankless job. And having said that, it's no wonder the Blazers are upset tonight. Right. I somewhat agree. Um, but when there's – this is the reason there's three officials. Yep. As True for story. Obvi- is for no, obvious I stuff like this. I, I mean, you, you, you think if the guy on the baseline somehow, you know, Rudy Gobert gets in the way or something. Well, maybe not Rudy in this case. But somebody gets in the way, you know, and you miss the call. you got to think that two other sets of eyeballs yeah. have got to be able to make that right. And it's something that's always going to be 
in the NBA, as big, long, and athletic as these guys are, when a guy's driving to the rim like that, you know everybody's trying to get it off the glass as quick as they can to get the goaltending call. I mean, especially when Gobert is there. But right. regardless, anybody. No doubt. All right, your final tonight. Uh, the Jazz beat the Blazers 117-114. to 114. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final 117-114. to 114. We'll put a wrap on this postgame, get DJ's final thoughts on it. Coming up next, stay tuned, the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, David James, with you. The Jazz win over the Portland Trailblazers, one seventeen to one fourteen. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Before we wrap this bad boy up, let's take a look at your three point takeover. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight, the Jazz were ten of thirty from three, thirty three percent. They were led by Joe Ingles, who was three of five. Joe played better overall tonight. DJ, we can get to that here in a second, but. But uh, Bogdanovich, 2 of 6. Mike Conley, 2 of 6 as well. For um, the Blazers, they were uh, 17 of 40 from 3DJ, mainly thanks to Damian Lillard, who was 8 of 14 from downtown, which is just amazing, especially considering uh, he didn't make too many in the first, or excuse me, in the second half. Just goes to show you how hot he was in the first. Made his first four, was brilliant in that first quarter. Just came out firing. Aggressive on it. Two of them were deep. One of them was very contested. He's as very- far as Joe Ingles, I just think that his stat line, if you just look at the stat line and you don't see the game and don't pay attention, we were discussing this uh, during the first half. Yeah. When when Joe is the primary ball handler in the pick and roll, he's going to get his stats. I thought he was aggressive going to the hoop and look for a shot. I think him being an effective, aggressive shooter is a positive for the team. I think it fires up the team, opens up the game for other people. He's obviously a high-percentage guy, 5 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 5 from the arc, made his only free throw, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers a little high. I think he had them all early. All in the first quarter, like yeah, all right at the right, beginning yeah, of the game. Yeah. He got a bad start there. Um, but when he's not the primary ball handler, and he's basically a decoy guy. His stat line, you know, you're taught to get the ball to the open guy. People don't leave Joe. Right. That's not anybody's game plan. Occasionally, a guy will make a mistake and freelance. Carmelo left the short corner tonight. That was special. <laughs> <laughs> I called that out for you when you it happened. Did. But people don't leave Joe. And so Joe's stat line is going to look like, oh, Joe's not taking any shots. He's not scoring any points. He doesn't have any assists. Joe's got to get involved. Well, if his job is to stand in the corner, He's just not going to get very many open threes. Right. I just don't think people are going to leave him. Well, they went back to, well, I say went back to it like they've ever given up on it, but uh, there was a lot of Joe Rudy pick and roll down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And it was particularly devastating. We talked about this in the pregame show yeah. because we, once we knew Hassan Whiteside was out, Rudy's height advantage is awesome. Over you know, everybody. That, that ought to pay. And, yeah. and Joe usually has a height advantage. So why not go with that? Right. You know, I did think that the offense looked pretty good with Conley on the floor for the second straight game. I really think he's settling in. Now, for whatever reason, he was a social media whipping boy, you know, because he was out during the losing streak and he's a high paid guy. So I get how that works. But I think if you're watching, I think they're making progress here. You know, and that doesn't mean it's 
where it needs to be or where it's going to be when the playoffs roll around. But I do think they're grinding and, you know, they're moving it forward. And if you watch the game, I think you saw it. He made a bunch of big plays. And if you just look at the stat line, you can see it, even if you didn't see the game. 18 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, a single turnover. Made all four of his free throws. Well, I... I mean, the first half was rough a little bit for the Jazz, specifically defensively. We heard Coach Guthrie's interview had happened. And oh, no, man, no, if you no didn't hear was, that, I thought that was enlightening. Yeah. And I thought some of the guys have avoided it, and Tony Jones is clearly pursuing it because we hear his voice in every question, everyone. Did, what changed? Was it just effort level or was something tactically? Well, it was something tactically, and only Bogdanovich really answered Tony here in the postgame, and I don't think Tony heard a halftime interview, but – they needed to double Damien and get the ball out of his hands, and they did a much better job of that in the second half than they did in the first. And he still he still scored 15 points in the second half. Well, I just thought, I mean, the second half, they played well. For the first time in a while, they played well. Yeah, and it was, and it was easier to defend the Blazers because yeah. they were running out of gas back-to-back with a short roster. But, you know, all these things aside, who cares? The Jazz just <laughs> No, seriously, the Jazz I, just needed to win. You. Confidence. They yeah. need some confidence, and I don't think this was a full dose of confidence, but it was better than nothing. You well, know, one win is better than the six straight loss, obviously. I know you weren't with us uh, in the post game after Denver, but I, I know you heard all of the sound. I mean, it, it was a that was a locker room that was lost. Not, no, they, I, I mean, lost meaning like they they didn't know what to do. They didn't know was that Donovan went got shots up. Nobody else knew what was going on. I mean, they knew they should have won the game, yep. and they knew they played well enough for three and a half quarters and gave it away in the last seven minutes. And I got to say. And I, I'm sure they know it. They, they they kind of flinched going down the line here. You know, there were a couple turnovers in the paint. You and I were watching. We were just like, ah, oh, yeah. that is an unforced error. And it was I think it was the nature of those unforced errors against Denver that really rattled them. But those unforced errors in this game were offset by the fact that with a minute to go in a tie game, I thought that was a good possession with Bogdanovich. It ends with Bogdanovich getting the ball at the top of the key, Florida opening up for him a little bit, and he takes his man off the dribble and he gets a layup. It's a high-percentage shot. And then in the next possession when they needed a bucket, Donovan Mitchell gets a layup. So, yes, they do have these turnovers, but the ultimate crunch time, the final minute, those were two two good possessions. They got two high-percentage shots, and they made them. All right, DJ, let's get a couple of uh, final thoughts from you as we look forward to the Houston game on Sunday before we put this uh, bad boy behind us. Two thoughts. Uh, One, what the heck is Houston doing and what are they going to look like? It looked brilliant against the Lakers. We didn't watch tonight because they were watching the Jazz. But they lost by 30 to the Suns. Final score, not so good. They got drilled in Phoenix. So which Houston team is it? A smaller team takes a lot of effort. You're going to shoot a lot of threes. Maybe the back-to-back doesn't count. You're going to be at home with the day of rest. So I think the Jazz will get a better version of the Rockets. But we don't really know. This is unprecedented. To trade away your big, and he's an above-average big, and to just trade him away, forget it, we're going small. And I know they're 10-1 and without him this year. So I get it. I get where they're going. And I asked Quinn about it for Talking Sports Sunday night uh, in his pregame thing today. It was a late game, so I don't know, 6.15, whatever it was. 6.45, I guess. And he said, nobody knows a team better than the people who are practice every day, who watch the film of the practice and watch the film of the games. Know, they know their team. And then he pauses and goes, look what they did to us. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, was, it was a rare moment for Quinn. It was funny. And he didn't usually joke, a lot, joke around a lot in those situations. I'm really curious what the Jazz will do. Uh, Locke has taken a guess 
on uh, when he was on the radio. I was going to say this morning, but it's now Saturday. I'm not usually on the radio on Saturday. Yesterday morning. <clears throat> on Friday morning, uh, David said he thought there was a decent chance that Gobert would match up with Russell Westbrook. And before you go, what? And drive off the road, well... I would put a Gobert on the worst three-point shooter. Yep. Because then he doesn't have to go out as far. In this now, case? Now, depending on what the lineup is for Houston, that could be Westbrook. Yep. But when Gobert sits, what will the lineup look like? Will they go with Tony Bradley? Bradley made a strong case for himself again tonight. Hey, small lineup, spread floor, lots of shooters. But if you average a rebound every other minute in the NBA, you're going to play basketball for a long time and get paid for it. You're doing something right. That you are, and that's a skill that the NBA has paid for for decades. As the game has changed, they keep paying for that. He went out there and he got. Uh, he, he didn't play very much. He played 11 minutes, but he had five rebounds. Awesome. Offensive rebounds still kill you in the NBA. You can't give them up. They hurt the Jazz at times tonight. So... Will they go to Bradley, or will they go small? Because they brought Morgan in for just a couple minutes, and I asked Booner about it, and he thinks we're going to see more of that by necessity in Houston. Yep. That it's, it's going to be really hard for Bradley to match up with anybody. All right, we want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone, doing a terrific job uh, calling the action as always. Tony Parks doing the locker rooms and sidelines for the broadcast. All the broadcast assistants and their fine work tonight. Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. want to thank uh, Mark Miller Subaru, uh, title sponsor of the postgame show. Go Where Love Takes You in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And do want to say a very... Big thank you to David James for uh, co-hosting with me tonight. DJ, I know you've got a full weekend of uh, talking sports. You want to give us a little tease? you got Quinn Snyder on Sunday, PK on Sunday. Anything got else? Got some Quinn Snyder and some PK. Uh, Jerick uh, Harding at Weber State just had the school record 44 points and broke the career scoring record, and he is the guest on Talking Sports. Jake went up and talked to him earlier in the week. It was clear the school record was going to fall. We didn't know which game. Uh, kind of thought it would be Saturday to be honest with you. Um, so he's on Sunday night. Uh, we'll have a lot of Jazz Rocket highlights. Tomorrow night, College Hoops, everybody's playing, so we will have everybody. It's the Utes and Cal at 6. It's BYU and USF at 7. And then at 8 o'clock, the Aggies are hosting Boise State. So Utah State and BYU both lost to those opponents on the road, and they both need to win at home because they're trying to hold on to NCAA tournament hopes. There you go. Catch Talking Sports, uh, of course, this weekend. Uh, next up for the Jazz, as DJ said, Houston on Sunday. Tip-off will be at 5 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will start at 4. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Blazers 117-114, to and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.